Pidam Param Rupam Atma Yoga Darshitam. Also telling Arjuna as to what he has seen is something, is not something ordinary. It's most unusual, it's something most unique. That Arjuna should know that is the most fortunate, having had the darshana of Vishwarupa, the cosmic form of the Lord. Here Arjuna Maya Prasannena. So, it is by my grace, it is by my favor, the special grace to you. And this is how Arjuna started the chapter anyway. Madanugrahaya. It is on account of the favor done, favor done to me. It is by your grace that you have taught me all this. And Lord Krishna says also, it is purely the grace because of which this form has been shown to you. Idam param rupam, vishwarupam, this cosmic form, atma yoga, by my yoga. So by my samarthya, it is by, because I am omniscient, because I am omnipotent, and I am all powerful and therefore, I alone can show this form and I have shown this form. <coughs> what form is it? In what sense it is param? It is most exalted form. And what makes it most, exa- most exalted? Tejomayam. It is most brilliant. Tejomayam of the nature of tejas or the brilliance or effulgence. Vishwam. Vishwam is that which is all-inclusive. You saw the cosmic form. Anandam. That which is endless. So, not limited in time, place or in any way. The endless. Infinite. Adyam. That which is the primal form, the very cause of the entire creation. So, here Juna, this form of mine, this cosmic form which is the most exalted, has been shown to you by me, purely out of grace, purely out of compassion towards you. Yanme, this form of mine, tat anyena na It is this, this form of mine is that which no one has ever seen other than you. <coughs> That means that this form was shown to Duryodhana, but not quite this. The form was shown, it is said, to Yashoda, his mother also, but still, Arjuna, what you have seen, no one ever has seen. And therefore, you must know that you are one, someone who is extremely fortunate, extremely blessed. <coughs> and having seen this form, understand that you are already a fulfilled one. That's what Lord Krishna says in the verse 48. <coughs> Naveda yajna dhyanair nadanaihi Naveda yajna dhyanair nadanaihi Nachakriya bhirna tapo bhirugraihi Nachakriya bhirna tapo bhirugraihi Evam rupa shakya ahan ruloke Evam rupa shakya ahan ruloke Drashtum twadanye nakurupravira how come nobody has been fortunate to see this form of the Lord? Because they lack something which Arjuna has, which Lord will point out. But Lord Krishna says that this form of mind, the cosmic form, cannot be seen by all known conventional spiritual means. Veda yajna adhyanahi. Adhyana means study. It is not by the study of the Vedas or not by the study of the Yajnas. So you study the Vedas, that is not enough for one to see this form. Yajna. Then you study the Vedas, you study the meaning of these statements of the Vedas, and then you particularly specialize. Specialize in the study of the Yajnas, study of the rituals. So even if you have studied all those rituals, even then also it is not possible. That also is not enough to qualify one to this form. Adhyanahi, not even by great charities that one can see this. Nachakriyabhi, and not by any amount of rituals. So, not by any amount of rituals, not by any amount of charity, not by any amount of study of the Vedas. Tapobhi ugrahi, not even by severe penances. So, people perform severe penances, fasting for a number of days, and doing variety of things, and thus uh, those kind of penances, even by severe penances also, it is not possible to see this form. <coughs> Evam rupaha, this form of mind, the cosmic form, shakya aham nuraloke. In the, in the world of man, this cosmic form of mind is not possible for anyone to see, even by all the means, such as the conventional means of study of the Vedas. And, and detailed study of all the rituals, 
and even by the charity, and even by per- performance of rituals, and even by performance of severe penances, by all these conventional means, it is not possible for anyone in the human world to see me in the cosmic form that you have seen. Drashtum Tvadanyena Kurupravira Hey Kurupravira O most exalted among the Kurus Somebody asked this question, Swamiji How come these people are called Pandavas? How come these sons of Dhritarashtra alone are called Kauravas? And how come these are not called Kauravas? In fact, what we call Pandavas are also Kauravas. In as much as all of them are descendants of the King Kuru. <coughs> it's interesting how in this lineage, how certain kings who were very powerful and very valiant, in other words, outstanding, so the whole lineage is known by their name, although there are many kings, but somehow these people are known as Kauravas, based on Kuru. Like Rama is known as Raghava. In fact, Vamusha started with Ikshvaku, but Raghu was one of the most outstanding ones, and therefore the whole family is known that way. These days in India also we have this trend, you know. They say, Ambala, say, they say, uh, Surish Sarabhai. Sarabhai is the name of a person. But that person must have achieved so much that the whole family subsequently comes to be known by that name. So similarly here also. And so it is not that only the sons of Dhritarashtra should be known as Kauravas, even the sons of Pandu also should be known as Kauravas because all of them are descendants of Kuru. And still, these Pandavas are distinguished between, to separate them, distinguish them from this Duryodhana and others, Dhritarashtra. But here Lord Krishna addresses Arjuna as Kuru Pravira. And so, hey Kuru Pravira, the one who is the, the bravest of all the Kurus. That means that you are in the, the dynasty of Kuru, the bravest of them all. Or Kuru Nandana, the one who is the one delight, who gives delight to the people in the Kuru dynasty. So, hey Arjuna, that's showing here that he is the, he is the brave one, that other than you in this world, in the world of human beings, no one has ever seen this form. <coughs> that means that you must know that all everywhere na veda yajnadhenahi, nadanahi, na kriyabhi, and so on. this nakara is also repeated, meaning that these things are not adequate. <coughs> and that being the case, here Arjuna, you must know that you are someone who is extremely blessed. Not only blessed, but having seen this form of mine, that you are already a fulfilled person. <coughs> And therefore, this is shown to you out of compassion, out of favor to you. It is not proper that you should be afraid, that you should be scared. And that's what Lord Krishna says in the next verse. Mate vyatha macha vimudha bhavaha Mate vyatha macha vimudha bhavaha Drishtvarupam ghoramidrangmamedam Drishtvarupam ghoramidrangmamedam Vyapeta bhiv pritamana punastvam Vyapeta bhiv pritamana punastvam Tadeva me rupamidam prapasya Tadeva me rupamidam prapasya Mate vyasa, let there be no fear in you. I, it is true that you have seen this form having number of arms and number of face and number of mouths and number of stomachs and so forth and so on with all the kind things protruding from the mouth and the flames emerging from the mouth. No doubt that is all right. But that is not shown to you to frighten you. Lord Krishna says that I did not, this form is shown to you not to frighten you. In fact to reassure you that look, I also can be Kalaha. I am the principle of time, I am the principle of death, that can devour everything. And therefore even this rupa, this form, which manifests the, the kala, that is the death, that Lord is, that he is a destroyer, the destroyer, Shiva the Lord is actually shown to Arjuna, to show him that I am capable of doing everything. Arjuna, understand that, I have already done your task. Understand that, whatever is to be accomplished, I have already done. And therefore all these people are already killed by me, you don't have to do anything. To reassure him. It's amazing how this form is shown to reassure him. And that frightens him. There is a, there is a, a story about Lord Shiva also. This is mentioned in, the, in, a, in a hymn called Mahimna Stotra. So Lord, when you dance, so when Lord Shiva dances, he is a cosmic person. 
So when he dances, his feet are on the earth, and therefore the whole earth starts shaking up, and sir thinks that what's going to happen to you, am I going to split apart? When the Lord dances, when his feet are thumping on the earth, then the earth really gets scared, maybe I'm going to split apart. And his arms are all, uh, you know, his arms are also revolving in that moment, you know, when he's dancing. And all these stars and planets which are all hanging in the space, all of them, you know, all of them also get in his, in, when the arms strike them, and they all feel that we are going to all actually fall down from a position. And his, his matted locks are all open and therefore his head is in the heavens, so when his head also whirls around, his hair, it strikes on the surface of the heaven, and the heaven also feels shaken up, that we are going to break apart. So Lord, when you are thus performing a cosmic dance, the, all the three worlds, the earth, the intermediate world, and the heavens, all the three worlds feel that we are all going to break apart. In fact, you know why he's performing the dance? He's performing the dance to bless the whole world. Why is it so? The story was that there was one demon, who, as usual, performed a tremendous penance, and he pleased Brahma. Brahma is easy to please, and Shiva also is easy to please. But here this demon pleased Brahma. And when Brahmaji was pleased, he appeared before the demons, what can I do, what do you want? Then, uh, as usual, every demon asks, I want to be immortal, I want to be all-powerful, and you know, this is what they want. So Brahma says, wait a minute, right now I cannot give you this boon, let us make an appointment. You come to Kailasa, you come to the abode of Lord Shiva in, in the evening. At the sunset time, at that time, I'll give you one hour between, you know, six and seven, around that sunset time. During that time you can ask me whatever you want, I'll give you. The Rakshasa demon says, okay. He went there. Brahmaji also went there. Now, Brahmaji had already appealed to Lord Shiva. Look, this demon is going to come. During this time, he's going to ask this some, some boon, you know, and I would be having a lot of difficulty. So please do something. Lord Shiva says, no problem. And as soon as the sunset time came, Lord Shiva started performing his cosmic dance. And that Rakshasa, that demon, was wonder awestruck by watching the dance, and he got so absorbed in seeing the dance that the hour passed. During which he was supposed to ask for that boon, that hour passed. That is it. He lost that chance, he did not get any boon. So the purpose of Lord Shiva's dancing was to save this world from the demon. Because if he had been granted the boon, he would have terrorized the whole universe. So Lord, in fact, you are dancing, performing this dance to bless the world. But the way, see, sometimes the way you favor also is so unfavorable. Sometimes an unfavorable manner is to be favoring the world and people don't understand that. So sometimes Lord's manner of favoring also may appear unfavorable, in our life also. So to Arjuna also, this cosmic form, the terrifying form is shown to him just to favor him, to reassure him. As Sankarajar explained, the purpose of showing this form is to reassure Arjuna that he's going to win the battle. And he sees all his enemy forces and all the great warriors entering the jaws of death, and therefore he should be reassured, but he's somehow frightened. Lord Krishna says, Mate Vyasa, don't get frightened. In our life also, when things happen, sometimes when we, when painful things happen to us or when some shocks come in our life, we get totally frightened. And we naturally, we being what we are, human beings, mortal, with limited knowledge, not understanding the scheme of things, we get totally frightened. We feel also that Lord seems to be totally, very unfavorable to me. But that may be very way, that very thing may be the way of Lord to favor me. Of course, it is a matter of faith, no doubt. But this is how a devotee always looks at the Lord. He looks at the Lord as an embodiment of compassion or benevolence. And therefore, he sees compassion in whatever happens to him. He gives him benefit of doubt. Like this, this old man in Greece, the story is told, that this man had a young son. And once upon a time, this, this young man went with his friends to forest. And from there he got a horse. The horse, you know, he brought home. That was free. So neighbors came and congratulated this old man and said, Hey, you are really lucky, you know. He says, Whatever God wishes is fine. After some time, this young boy was young man was dry, uh, riding on the horse. He went to the forest. The horse was not trained, it was a wild horse. And he threw this fellow away and ran away. 
And these fellows, bones, I mean hands and legs, all got fractured. He had to be brought home in a stretcher. For six months he would be lying in his bed, bedridden. The very same people came and consoled his soul. Those who congratulated him came and consoled him. So really, it is so sad, you know, that this is the fate of a son, that he really had to suffer this way. He says, whatever God does is fine. And it seems that this country declared war against the neighbor, neighboring country. And the rulers drafted all the young people who were healthy, all of them were drafted to the army. Except this young man, since he was bedridden, he was, he was saved from that. Same neighbors come and then again congratulate the old man. Hey, you are very lucky. He says, well, whatever God wishes is fine. <laughs> so sometimes we do not know. There is a blessing in disguise. We do not know. So sometimes blessings come openly from the Lord and sometimes they come in disguise. Of course, it's a matter of faith or trust. But this is a way of looking at life. That whatever happens, happens for my well-being. It may be tough. You know, Swamiji, it may be easier said than done. I agree with that. When real painful things happen in our life, it is very difficult to see this. Very difficult. We agree. But then how else do we deal with pain? We want to know why this pain happened. We want to know. And answers are given to us also. But no answer is ever going to be satisfactory. No answer can explain why there should be pain in our life. Oh, well, you know, after all, Oh, you, you suffered the fracture, you know, you lost one leg, but you still have one leg. Look at the people who don't have any leg and so forth. That is okay. There are many people who are deprived of two legs and I am better than them that have one leg. But there are millions of those who have two legs anyway. And the people are consoling me are those having two legs and they are consoling me. So I look at them. And therefore it is very difficult, it is very difficult to deal with pain. There is no doubt about that. Perhaps the only way we can look at it is, there must be, there must be, that whatever is done, is always done by God. He is a creator, a sustainer, destroyer, dissolver. And that, there is no reason why he should punish me. His karma data, meaning he dispenses the result in accordance with our action, that is true. But he doesn't punish anybody. Oh yes, you are being punished because all the sins you must have committed in your past life, therefore you are going through this. I may be going through this because of some actions that I may have done in the past. It is not that I am being punished for that. This is also a matter of faith, of course. All of these are matter of faith. But this is the only way we can deal with life. And this is the only way we can deal with the pain. And we can slowly and slowly shake off that pain or proceed with our life. Otherwise it will become impossible. But here is a typical example when Arjuna sees something very frightening, who would not be frightened? Anybody would be frightened. Seeing the death in front of them, anybody would be frightened. And Arjuna is frightened. But Lord Krishna says, Mate Vyatha, let there be no fear in you. Even though you have seen this form, which is most terrifying, let there be no fear, because it was not meant to frighten you, it was meant to console you. Let there be no bewilderment also in you. Because naturally Arjuna is truly perturbed seeing this form and so may you become free from fear here Arjuna and may you become free from all these uh, bewilderment also. Vepedavi ghoda rupam idrung mamedam Seeing my this terrible form let there be no fear in you and let, let me not be perturbed. <coughs> So may you become free from fear. Preet manaha, may you be glad in your mind. May you be pleased in your mind. Punastvam, alright, so that's what you want. It seems to me that the only way you can become free from fear and the only way you can be pleased in your mind is when I take, withdraw this form. And when I show you that other form, okay, if that's what you want, that's what I will do. So Arjuna said, show me that form of four hands, of four arms, alright. Tadeva me rupam idam prapasya. And so, may you see that form prapasya, prakarshayana pasya. May you see it very well. Bhairahityana, being free from the fear, santoshana, with great satisfaction, may you see that benign form of mine. Here it is. This must be amazing. You know, that he says, I want to see your cosmic form. Here it is. First says, please describe to me your glory in great detail. Okay, 
Please show me your cosmic form. All right. Please show me your form now with four arms. Okay. Please now show me your form with two arms. All right. Now, have you ever seen a god like this? Never. You know, the, the way God is portrayed here is something very unique. Where God seems to be like, uh, you know, totally at the disposal. He is, you know, like a servant of his devotee. And the devotee can command him, he can make him dance. That's how he, the gopis, you know, the cowherd maidens in Vrindavan used to make a little Krishna dance. Because he would go to them and say, oh, please give me some butter. So sorry, we are out of butter. May I have some milk? No milk. Some buttermilk? Very little. May I have half a glass of buttermilk? He would say. All right, first perform a dance, you know, and then we'll give you. Then he would dance in front of them to get that half a glass of buttermilk. This is how God is portrayed, you know, in, in, in Hinduism. And, and that's the kind of God that Lord Krishna is and is, is uh, showing to Arjuna. Tadeva me rupa midam prapasya. All that Arjuna, we will see that form of mind. <coughs> and then Sanjaya reports here, he says what is happening there. <coughs> Sanjaya uvacha, Sanjaya uvacha. Ityarjunam vasudevastathoktva Ityarjunam vasudevastathoktva Svakam rupam darshayama sabhuyaha Svakam rupam darshayama sabhuyaha Ashwasayama sachabhitamenam Ashwasayama sachabhitamenam Bhutva punasaumya vapur mahatma so Sanjaya reports to Dhritarashtra in this manner. Vasudevaha, the Lord Vasudeva, Lord Krishna. Arjunam to Arjuna, Tathauktva, saying in this manner. As it was said in the earlier verse, that okay, now see my form with four arms. So having said that to Arjuna, Svakam rupam bhūyaha darshayamāsaha Svakam rupam His own form What is his own form? A Lord Krishna is incarnation of Lord Narayana So his own form is the form having four arms It is also said that when Lord Krishna was born in the prison of Devaki then as soon as he was born he first displayed or demonstrated his form with four arms to Devaki Showing her who he is. Sashankha Chakram, Sakirita Kundalam, Sapida Vastram, Sarasi Ruhekshanam, Sahara Vakshas Thalashobhikaustubham. This is the form of Lord. So, Shankha Chakra are there. Sashankha Chakram, Sakirita Kundalam. Kundala the earrings, Kirita the crown, with a conch and with a, with a discus in his hand. Sapida Vastram, wearing yellow garment. With eyes like the leaf on the lotus petal. Sahara Vakshasthalam, on his Vakshasthalam, on his chest, a very beautiful garland called Vajayanti Mala. Kaustubham, and also he wears a very beautiful jewel called Kaustubha. Sahara Samasobhida, Kaustubhakshasam. This is how Lord Narayana. So that form. So this is the conventional form of Lord Narayana. Svakam Rupam. His own form, this is what he showed to Arjuna. <coughs> Darshayamasa, he showed him. And then Ashwasayamasa, Bhitamenam. Arjuna was terrified. Lord consoled him, reassured him, reassured Arjuna, who was terrified. Bhutva Punaha, Samyavapur Mahatma, Mahatma, again. So Lord Krishna is Mahatma. Mahatma means a great soul. Here it is said, one with a beautiful body, with a pleasing body. Or this great Lord, most exalted Lord, Thus showing his, his pleasing form to Arjuna, uh, consoled him, reassured him, because Arjuna was frightened, he was reassured, showing his serene form. <coughs> so when this form was shown, then Arjuna now reports what happened to him. Says the next verse, Arjuna. Arjuna uvacha, Arjuna uvacha, Drashtvedam manusham rupam, Drashtvedam manusham rupam, Tavasaumyam janardana, 
तवसौम्यम जनादन इदानीमस्मि संवृत्तः इदानीमस्मि संवृत्तः सचेता प्रकृतिं गतः सचेता प्रकृतिं गतः अर्जुन सेट दृष्टवेदम मानुषम रूपम सींग एंड प्लीजिंग ह्यूमन फॉर्म नो दिस इज द थर्ड फॉर्म देयर इज देयर इज सम काइंड ऑफ डिबेट हियर विल बी a different opinion here is what is this form now arjuna says drushtva idam tava manusam rupam seeing is pleasing human form of yours so looks like first lord krishna appeared before arjuna in the cosmic form and then at the request of arjuna he appeared again in the form having four arms and then then once again became the human form is chariot because lord krishna says see that form then arjuna says seeing your benign or pleasing human form <clears throat> what is human form is always with two arms and that is how lord krishna was driving the chariot of arjuna so it appears as though lord krishna came back to his original form with two arms a human form dushtvaidam manusam rupam tav saumyam sam is pleasing manusam rupam human form or lord seeing is pleasing human form of yours hey janardana so janardana is addressed to lord krishna janardana one of has couple of meanings one meaning is jana jana means the bhakta jana the devotees ardana means the one who fulfills the desires <coughs> so one who answers the prayers to all the devotees is called janardana or jana also can be durjana so one who punishes or one who takes you know gives them the appropriate result to those fellows who are who abuse their free will so most the one who protects his devotees by fulfilling their desires at the same time one who punishes the the, the demons he is janardana so lord so true to your name you indeed answer my prayers fulfill my desires and therefore seeing this benign or the pleasing human form of yours idane mesmi samvrutta सचेता प्रकृति गो सचेता प्रकृति गो काम इन मै माइरिजिनल दर्शन and it is something very rare to have the vision of the lord and particularly this vision the cosmic form so what is the means for having the vision of the lord this is what also lord krishna wants to say and that is being said in the next four verses says in the next verse lord krishna shri bhagavan uvacha shri bhagavan uvacha sudurdarsham idam roopam दृष्टवानसी This form of mind here, Juna, that you have seen, is sudurdarsham. Is extremely difficult to see. How? What? How is it extremely difficult? Devapi asyarupasya nityam darsana kamsina. Even devas, even celestial beings, even gods also ever remain desire of seeing the form. Even gods or celestial beings also ever remain desirous. When you say ever remain desirous, means what? They are always desirous. that desire is not fulfilled even devadas who are greatly accomplished ones see devadas can also be said to be very accomplished 
suppose some people say that Swamiji heaven and hell are all here. Suppose you accept that. Then here itself, some of the people who enjoy devutas are those who are very accomplished people. In their knowledge, in their powers, in their pleasures, very accomplished people. And in this world we find many people like that. And the demons are those people who are very, very cruel and those who abuse this order of dharma. We find many people like that also. So devas and asuras, in between there are many people like us who follow dharma, all right, the human beings. So here Arjuna, even the devatas also are always desirous of seeing this form, but they have never been able to see that. How come they are not able to see nityam darshanakankshanaha? Always remain desirous of seeing this form, but they have not seen it. How come? So, that's how, not only they have not seen it, nobody will ever see this. That's how Shankaracharya says, Darshanepsavopi natvamiva drishtabandaha even though devatas are so desirous of seeing this cosmic form, like you they have not seen it, nor will they able to see it. Because they don't have something that, that is required to see this form, which you have Arjuna, which even devatas also don't have. So what is it Arjuna has? And what is it that accomplished people do not have? And that qualifies Arjuna to see this, and that deprives them of seeing this form. That is what Lord Krishna says in the Next verses, in the next verses, 53. How come they are not able to see this form? That is being explained here. Naham vedair natapasa Naham vedair natapasa Nadane nanachejjaya Nadane nanachejjaya Shakya evam vidhodrashtam Shakya evam vidhodrashtam now again, it's just said earlier, Lord Krishna just repeats, Naham Vedahi, not by the Vedas, Natapasa, not by even the severe penances, Nadanena, by Veda we mean any scripture, merely by scriptural studies, that merely by scriptural studies that I cannot be attained. Natapasa, not merely by even performing severe penances that I can be attained. Nadanena, not even by great charitable acts that I can be attained. Nijya, not by performance of many rituals that also can I can be attained. That merely study the Vedas or scriptures, all the charities, all severe penances, or perform the rituals in themselves are not adequate. Shak evam vidodashtum drishtvanasimam yatha. The manner in which you have seen me, in that manner it is not possible to see me even by all those spiritual means. No, these are the conventional accepted spiritual means. That's all we do. What, what else can we do? Yajna, dana, tapas, karma, natyajyam, Lord Krishna says one should not give up yajna, dana and tapas. And therefore there should be yajna meaning the worship of the Lord through rituals, dana meaning charity and tapas means austerities. And of course, all that requires that we should study the scriptures, even if all of it is there in our life, then also Lord Krishna says that I cannot be seen in the manner in which you have seen me. Then how can you be seen? What are the means? That's what is said in the verse 54. Bhaktya Tvananyaya Shakya Bhaktya Tvananyaya Shakya Ahamevam vidhorjuna, ahamevam vidhorjuna, jnatum drashtum chatatvena, jnatum drashtum chatatvena, praveshtum chaparantapa, praveshtum chaparantapa. Tu, however, bhaktiya, by bhakti, by devotion. What kind of devotion? Ananya bhaktiya, by single-minded devotion. Ananya. So that bhakti is a devotion in which there is no other object of devotion. So devotees we already are. Each one of us is a born devotee. Because love is the nature of the self and therefore we are all loving people. There's no question. We are all devoted also. Each one is devoted to something or the other. And I am devoted to that which I look upon as the most important thing in my life. If I think that my child is most important, I am devoted to that. If I think that my job is more important, I am devoted. Then, you see, people even ignore other things. 
Sometimes people get so devoted to their work that they ignore everything else and the family feels that they are ignored. A person can be so devoted to a child, a mother can be so devoted to a child, sometimes husband feels ignored. The father feels so, he is sometimes so devoted to a child that even the wife feels, the mother feels ignored. We find this. Everybody has devotion. At any given moment, I am devoted to that which I look upon as the most important thing in my life. That which you look upon, I look upon as a source of happiness, a source of security, a source of freedom. So that which pleases me, that which comforts me, that is naturally what I am devoted to. So we are all devoted. But unfortunately, the human being looks upon something other than God as, as a source of comfort, or as a source of security, or as a source of freedom, or as a source of happiness. And that is why people are devoted to many, many things in their life. So Lord Krishna is Ananya Bhaktiya. And we are devoted to God also, not that we are not. God also has place in our life. He also gets our half an hour in the morning and perhaps 10-15 minutes in the evening, so He also has a place, no doubt about that. Oh, now and then we have spurs of devotion, we may devote even longer time to him when some festivals come, for hours together we may be devoted. But he has his own place. And so, that is not a single-minded devotion, naturally. Ananyaya aprutak bhutaya bhagavataha anyatra prasang nakadachabhiya bhavati satu ananya bhaktihi. Shankaraja explains that, that bhakti for devotion, in which there is none other than Bhagavan, none other than Lord. This is what he is a very jealous God, you know. He doesn't want to share with anybody. He wants that he alone should have the total place in our heart. He doesn't want anybody else's place. He doesn't, you know, doesn't accept that. He says, if somebody else is in your heart, you have them. Clear your heart of everything else, then I'll come there. Otherwise, I will not come. And so, Ananya Bhaktya. And this theme is repeated several times in Bhagavad Gita. This word Ananya is repeated a number of times. Ananya, Anya means the other. Ananya means non-other. It can have several meanings. A devotion in which, as I said, I am devoted only to Lord and nothing else in my life. And the Vedantins will explain that Ananya means what? In what manner I am devoted? Ultimately, that devoted devotion is such that I am devoted to Lord as non-separate from me. Ultimately, the devotion culminates into being devoted to Lord as my own self. But however we start, the devotion always starts with Lord being looked upon as different from myself because this is how at the moment the reality is. But Ananya Bhaktya. And in fact, Shankaraji also explains what is Ananya Bhakti. Sarvaihi apakaranaihi Vasudevadanyat Nopalabhyade. When man does not when one does not see anything other than Vasudeva, meaning Lord. So whatever be the name of the Lord that I use. Here it is Vasudeva, Krishna. But whatever. So when one sees nothing other than Lord by all one sense organs, with the eyes, he sees Lord everywhere. With the ears, he hears Lord everywhere. With the uh, touch, he touches Lord everywhere. When would that be, you know? That would be when one sees the cosmic form of the Lord. Is it not so? One doesn't have to see that form that way. But when one sees Lord as everything. Then alone Ananya Bhakti is possible. Swamiji, I solid, I perform my devotion all right, but I have to go to work. You say that repeat Lord's name all the time, but how can I do that? When I'm doing my accounting work, how can I repeat Ram, Ram, Ram? You know, that's not possible, because then I cannot do my work. So for us there are compartments that God is, this is Dakshinamurti is God, but then other things are not God. And therefore, when I am in front of Dakshinamurti, or whenever I remember, remember him or meditate on him, that time my mind is focused upon God, that's fine. But then when I go out in the world and do my other chores, at that time, Dakshinamurti cannot be there. Because when I am doing my accounting work, my cooking work, gardening work, well naturally then, they are, they are what they are. So Ananya Bhakti, when one sees God everywhere, this is the color, this is a very exalted form of Bhakti. It doesn't come in one day, but when one sees God as a material cause, as a very material from which the whole universe is made. 
when one sees everything as manifestation of the Lord. Just as one sees all the waves as manifestation of the water, and so also one sees every name and form as manifestation of the Lord. Which Lord is that? Asti, Bhati, Priyam. That's Sat, Chit, Ananda. That everything is because Lord in the form of existence is there. That everything shines to me because the Lord in the form of the awareness is there. And things are dear to me, they are attractive to me. That is because the Lord in the form of joy or happiness is there. So when the names and forms are no more important to me, that is how Ragadveshas go away, when the names and forms become less and less important to me, then I'll be able to appreciate that divinity which is everywhere. So when, uh, Lord Krishna says, when the devotion culminates into Ananya Bhakti, the single-minded devotion, Bhaktyadu Ananya Shakya, Aham Evam Vidho Vir Arjuna. So whatever Bhakti I have, to that extent I see the Lord. Lord Krishna said earlier also, Ye yathamam prabadyande tam stathiva bhajamyam. I bless my devotees in the manner in which they worship me. So it is true that if I worship the Lord in a given form, in that manner he will bless me. And I can have version of the Lord in that form. If I worship Lord in the form of money, in that way he will appear to me. If I worship Lord in the form of my child, in that way he will appear to me. If I worship Lord in the form of Krishna, in that way he will appear to me. In whichever way. If I want Lord to relieve me from all my grief and pain, in that way he will appear to me. If I want Lord to appear to me as money, in that way he will appear to me. Ye is for us to ask what exactly we want from him. And Lord Krishna says, if they want me, Yandi Deva Prata Devan, Pitru Yandi Pitru Prataha, Bhutani Yandi Bhutejaha, Yandi Madhyajanopimam. Those who want Pitrus, that is main, that's what they attain. Those who want the God, that's what they attain. Those who want the material things, that's what they attain. Those who want me, attain me. So this bhakti, as Lord Krishna himself, like what is meant by Ananya Bhakti is the subject matter of the next verse. But here Lord Krishna says, is a bhakti, the devotion. That doesn't mean that other things should not be there. The earlier verse mentioned the study of the scriptures, the Vedas. And also tapas, austerities, dhanam, charity, yajna also, the spiritual practices of worship, all that should be there. That means that I perform the study of scriptures with bhakti. Let bhakti, though bhakti or the devotion must become that very solvent which dissolves everything. Otherwise all of these things just remain, you know, they they, just remain like float sands, you know. So when I do various spiritual practices by themselves, they do yield certain results. But when bhakti or the devotion is there, then all of these yield the result of ultimately achieving, help me to achieve Lord. But you know him. Thus here Lord Krishna presents bhakti or the devotion as a very means of knowledge. <coughs> so what happens by this bhakti? Jnatum drashtum chatatvena praveshtum cha parantapa. He parantapa. Again, addressing Arjuna as Parantapa, the scorcher of enemies. Ignorance is the greatest enemy, of course, and his scorcher of enemies. Jnatum, <coughs> by the bhakti or by this single-pointed or single-minded devotion, Jnatum, I am possible to be known. So you can know me. So this devotion can become the means of knowing me. What further? Drashtum. This very devotion also can become the means of seeing me. So if you want to distinguish between knowing and seeing, we can say that knowing the Lord, that's called Parokshignanam, indirect knowledge. And then, so this is what happens first. When we listen to some talks or listen to some tapes and general talks and satsang and so forth, then we come to know. And then we apply ourselves in a more serious way, Sravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam, then one becomes committed to this. Listening to scriptures, mananam, reflection upon them, nididhyasanam, meditating, deep meditation. So by that, drashtum, then one knows the Lord. Praveshtum japarantapa. And entering the Lord. What is my entering the Lord? Meaning that no distance remains between myself and the Lord. That means becoming one with the Lord or knowing Him as my very self when all the obstacles to my knowledge are removed. Obstacles in the time of what we call habitual error. 
that identification of the body, etc., these are the habitual errors. So when all of these are also removed, it is bhakti that enables us to do all of this. Lord Krishna says bhaktiya. So bhaktiya is in the third case, that's the means. My bhakti of the devotion, gnyatam, drashtam, tattvena, praveshtam. My devotion such as that, one can know me, having known me, one can see me, having seen me, one can become me. Praveshtam japanandava. Tattvena, as I am becoming me or knowing me as the very self, all of this Arjuna is possible by Ananya Bhakti. <coughs> in verse 55, Lord Krishna says, what that Ananya Bhakti is? And in this verse also, Lord Krishna tells us in essence, the, in, in, the essence of the whole Bhagavad Gita. The essence of the whole Bhagavad Gita and the scriptures is told by Lord Krishna in this one verse, 55. Matkar makran mat paramaha Matkar makran mat paramaha Mad bhakta sangha varjitaha Mad bhakta sangha varjitaha Nirvaira sarva bhuteshu Nirvaira sarva bhuteshu Yassamameti pandava Yassamameti pandava Even Kathopanishad also talks about this bhakti. You see, Upanishad and bhakti is yes. Kathopanish also says, one who chooses me, by that I am attained. <coughs> and so, that is, that is clarified there also. Yame vai shagrunate pena labhya. Tasesha atma vivrunate tanumswam. Yame vai shagrunate. So the devotee who chooses the Lord, pena labhya. So one who chooses the Lord, by him the Lord is known. You know, in, in the olden days there used to be this, uh, this, this method of Swayamvara. When a princess would actually choose her own, uh, her own mate, her own bridegroom, then all the princes will be invited and this princess would go and then make a choice. That's called Swayamvara. But you can choose one, of course. You can choose one when all others have been, of course, discarded, no doubt. Similarly, also it says, We have a whole swam, we have a whole court in our life also. Number of things are there which we can achieve. The princess has all these choices. Many princes are there, many kings are there, all of them enjoying a lot of, uh, you know, certain unique qualities. But she chooses one. In our life also, many choices are available. Many goals are available and then we will choose one. Yame Vaishavrunate, the one who chooses that varamala, that garland, you know, is offered to one. Similarly also, the devotee who offers that garland to the Lord, he is also among many, he is also one among many. And one who offers the garland to the Lord. Yame Vaishavrunate, that's called varanam, choosing. That person, that seeker alone can get him. So how does he know the Lord? The Lord reveals himself to this devotee. So all that we have to do is to choose him. That's also what Lord Krishna points out here. Mat karma krit, mat paramaha, mat bhaktaha. So mat karma krit. What is meant by choosing a Lord? Mat karma krit. Lord Krishna says here, the devotee who performs all his actions for my sake. Mat So it's like a servant who performs all the actions for the sake of the master. That's the way that this model is pointed out very often by Shankaracharya also. That servant has no personal agenda. The only agenda, the agenda of the servant is the agenda of his master. It should better be that way, of course. <coughs> like in our ashram in Ahmedabad, we have a cook who comes, you know, a part-time cook who comes and cooks the food for us. What is his agenda when he's cooking food? What is his agenda? He cooks food that is liked by the Swami. He will not eat that food. If he has to cook the food, he will cook something else. His food will have oil floating on the surface. <laughs> and with all the red chili powder and stuff like that, that is how his food would be, which I can't even you know, touch. And my food, he wasn't care. He would not care. He would call the food cooked for Swami as a hospital food, you know. 
But when he cooks food, how does he, he cooks? What does he cook? He cooks that which is liked by the Swami. So when he's sprinkling his red chili powder, he would not sprinkle, of course. But then, then he would keep it away. When he's sprinkling salt, when he's putting oil, when he's doing all of these, what? How does he do that? He keeps whom in mind? He keeps the Swami. Swami also means master in mind when he does it. Which means that in order to serve the master, he must set aside his own personal agenda and completely identify with the agenda of the master. That's how Lord Swami also says, more of Ishwara, less of me. So this is called bhakti or the devotion where there is identification with the Lord. Well, there are two there are two places of identification I have in my life. One is, of course, my own ego, with which I can identify. Another is identification with the Lord. So, what is meant by identification with the ego? Well, identification with my own likes and dislikes. Identification with my own demands. All of this is identification. Because ego alone, ego manifests in various demands. It manifests various likes and dislikes. And therefore, a commitment on my part to fulfill my likes and dislikes, to fulfill my demands, is naturally identification with God. How do I identify with God? When I identify with God, I will accept His likes and dislikes. And His agenda. Hey, what is His agenda? What are His likes and dislikes? His likes and dislikes are that He has no likes and dislikes. Or for Him, everybody is equal. That is His like. He likes dharma. He doesn't like a dharma, let us say. So therefore, identifying with God will automatically mean identifying with dharma and giving up a dharma. So, matkarmakra. Matkarmakra means one who performs action in the spirit of offering to the Lord. May this action that I perform, may it please the Lord. When will it please the Lord? When my action is performed in keeping with His scheme of things, His order. And that order alone is called dharma. That means when my actions are performed in the spirit of dharma or righteousness, that I follow this order, follow the basic values of life. Non-violence is a very basic value of life. So when my actions are as best as possible, non-violent. A truthfulness, non-stealing, non-indulgence. So these are the values that are taught to us. So when my actions are based on that, then there is a sincerity in me. Then there is honesty in me. That I do whatever I do, I do wholeheartedly. Even though it is done for Lord, what happens is when sometimes we do things for others, we may not be that wholehearted. When I have to vacuum this floor in the temple here, in about 15 minutes I may finish the whole thing. If there was a room like this in my home, it may take one hour for me to do, because I make sure that there is not even a speck of dirt when I am doing it here. Okay. And so, they say, you know, the common equation is what? Under the rug. All the dirt is under the rug. <laughs> Cutting the corners and stuff like that. But when I do it for myself, it's a different matter. When I do it for someone else, sometimes I'm not as dedicated or as sincere or as committed. But now, may this please the Lord. And when I perform an action with all my dedication and sincerity, that I wish to please Him. Mat <clears throat> Karmakrut. Lord Krishna says, the, the one who performs actions for my sake. This is none of this is easy, but this is an ideal. Now what happens? We do perform action for the Lord. We do all this, you know, offering to the Lord, Rakshanamurti, or to other forms of the Lord, whichever, whoever I can, whatever I look upon as Lord. But very often, through performance of even worship to the Lord, we still desire something. Many people go to Tirupati in India and many other temples also with naturally some desires. And therefore he is one of the richest lords because he has partnerships in many business. <laughs> so they have one person partnership of the lord, you know. So whatever profit I make, one person I'll give, one percent I'll give to the lord. The rest of ninety-nine percent I will keep. But even that also is, with so many people giving him one percent or something like that also makes him very rich. And so, very, our mind being what it is, is always seeking some kind of a personal reward to what we do. So Lord Krishna says, Mat Paramaha. So through performing action for me, even through worshipping me, then they do not want something else. A servant's example is then, that is not adequate then. 
Yes, the servant is the one who is a good example for mat karmakrit, one who performs all the actions for the sake of the master, one who identifies the agenda of the master, and one therefore who sets aside his, lives aside his agenda. But even that servant also ultimately wants some kind of reward for the master because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be, to be one with the master. He loves his wife and children. So his commitment is that? His commitment is to serve his wife and children. Lord Krishna says, no, that's not enough. That you serve me, mat paramaha, that you should come serve me for my sake, not for something else. So when you come to me, don't make demand that I want my, I want this and I want that. He will fulfill those demands. But he would like that, why in, perform, why in performing the action, we say, Lord, I want you. Mat paramaha. Mat paramaha means one who looks upon me as the ultimate goal. So the reward that I want through the performance of my actions are, is what? I want Lord as a reward. That makes sense, is it not? Because Lord means everything. Unfortunately, human beings don't have that kind of a discernment in their life and therefore they always want small things. Lord's Mat Paramaha. This shows the intelligence. This shows what is called Viveka or discrimination. So this commitment is something that is in our intellect. It comes as a result of understanding our life as to what it is that I am seeking in my life. That what I am seeking is none other than limitlessness. That I want unconditional freedom. I want wholeness or fullness. And that is what we call Brahma. And that's all I want. So Mat Paramaha. Lord says, those who want me. Mat Bhaktaha. Those who love me. Those who are devoted to me. That means that this mat karma group, the actions are performed with devotion to me and as a result of performing action also, I, they want me and nothing other than me. This is the total identification of the Lord. But Lord, how can I love you? I have other things also. Putra Adeshu, Snehe Sati. I have my wife and children and my home and all these things are there. So how can I love you alone? He demands that he should be only object of love. He demands that he should be the only goal in life. He demands that all actions be performed for him. So actions are performed at the level of my body and sense organs, devote them to me. The love is always done through the heart, devote that to me. And the goal is entertained in the mind, in the intellect, devote that to me. He wants in short our organs of action, our heart and our intellect, everything devoted to him. In order to do that, it is necessary that I must withdraw my, you know, my identification of other things. And that's what he said here, Sangha Varjita. So one who is free from Sangha or attachment. Where? When one is free from attachment for every external thing. There is wife and children and home and wealth and job and promotion and name and fame and this and that. In course of time, when one discovers an attachment for the Lord which is greater than all these attachments. And that also comes by understanding. After all, attachment is a result of some understanding anyway. As I said, I am attached to that which I look upon as a source of happiness, a source of security. That automatically is an attachment. So when I discover that Lord is a real source of security and happiness, all attachment is withdrawn automatically and is focused there. So one who is free from any Sangha or attachment anywhere. Nirvairaha Sarva Bhuteshu One who is free from Vaira, enmity towards everybody, all the beings. Because these are the things that distract our mind. Understand two things distract our mind. One is attachment. So whenever I am attached to something, my mind always goes there again and again. For me I am concerned about my job. I'm concerned about my son. I'm concerned about my house. I'm concerned about this. When does that concern arise? Because of an attachment, naturally. And therefore, attachment withdraw, draws away my mind to that object of attachment. Therefore, Lord Krishna said, so, Sangha Varjitaha, free from attachment to everything. Other thing that takes from my mind is my dvesha, the aversion, the dislike I have, hatred that I have, enmity. Those I may have. I may hate something. I may be envious of something. I may be enemical to somebody. Even that also becomes a great distraction. Therefore, Lord Krishna says, Nirvairaha Sarva Bhuteshu. One who is 
free from enmity towards all the beings. What do you mean all the beings? Swamiji, do you know this fellow? He hates me. What, what can I do to him? Not only he hates me, sometimes he's positively harming me. There are some people, in fact, who are doing harm to us. So Lord Krishna says, Sarva Bhuteshu. Even those who are committing harm to me, even to them also, there is no Vairabuddhi, there is no enmity. This is the, this is called Ananya Bhakti. So in this verse, Lord Krishna defines what is meant by bhakti or devotion. That ultimately I become totally non-violent. And when does that happen, you know, that I do not even have enmity towards someone who is doing harm to me. When would that happen? When I can see God in him also. Or whatever it is. That's a culmination. The, the culmination of non-bhakti is that I appreciate Lord everywhere. Nirvairaha sarabhuteshu yaha He Arjuna, one who is like this. Saha maam eti pandava. He Pandava, He Arjuna, He definitely, He attains me. I am the one who will attain. He will attain me as my own self ultimately. Abhedena. Maam Edi, He comes to me. That means He attains me as His own self. <coughs> and this is how Lord Krishna concludes the 11th chapter of Vishwarupa Darshan. Showing the Darshana, the showing of the cosmic form. <coughs> Repeat this Vakya after me. Om Tatsada, Om Tatsada, it is Srimad Bhagavad Gita so, it is Srimad Bhagavad Gita so, Upanishad so, Brahma Vidyayam, Yoga Shastra, Sri Krishna Arjuna Samvade, Vishwarupa Darshana Yoga Nama, Ekadasho Dhyaya Ekadasho Dhyaya, the 11th chapter, Vishwarupa Darshana. It is called Darshana or the seeing of the cosmic form. In this Bhagavad Gita, which is called the Upanishads, in the form of dialogue between Lord Krishna and Arjuna, which has the subject matter of Brahma Vidya as well as Yoga Shastra, in that this 11th chapter is concluded. Sarva dharman parityajya, sarva dharman parityajya, mamekam sharanam raja, mamekam sharanam raja, ahantva sarva papebhya, ahantva sarva papebhya, moksha yishyami mashuchaha, moksha yishyami mashuchaha, hari Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Punaf Punaha Ishwara Guru Ratmede Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vyapta Dehaya Lakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Vyona Hari Om